I'm Sinead O'Moore and you are listening to Every Mum the Podcast, supported by Water Wipes, the number one baby wipe in Ireland, made with simply two ingredients and nothing else. From fertility to birth, careers, relationships and to taking care of ourselves, here we talk about the real experiences of parenthood. The love, the loss, the unexpected and the moments that we don't talk enough about. This season is supported by one of the most essential products for every mum. From that first nappy change to those messy winning months. Water Wipes winners of seven National Parenting Product Awards 2022, including Best Baby Wipes, are ideal for delicate newborn skin. Together, we are committed to providing more support for parents with trusted products and this podcast. In this episode, we sit down with the beautiful mum of three, Jennifer Wren. With three kids under two, Jennifer joins us to tell us about her real journey to motherhood, her diagnosis of ulcerative colitis, her miscarriage before conceiving her twin girls, and the concern that naturally followed. Instagram is a snapshot into people's lives. It's rarely the full picture. And here, Jennifer shows us that while it's an outlet she loves, there is so much more going on in private. A warm, positive and nurturing episode, this conversation discusses loss, health fears and the hopes we all have as mothers. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining me on Every Mum the Podcast. I've been dying to talk to you. I'm so thrilled you're on, mainly because I can't even begin to wrap my head around the fact that you had three tiny little children under two. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I've actually listened to Every Mum the Podcast since I had my first baby, Alex, and I literally, I literally listen to it all the time. So I'm like, I can't believe I'm actually on it. I'm a bit afraid, a bit of imposter syndrome. But anyway, (laughs) I'm here anyway. I find it so weird to hear that. Like, I know, I mean, obviously it's the goal that I hear from people that they listen to it. But when I reached out and messaged you, that was your first thing that you said back. You're like, oh, my God, I've listened to every single episode. I'd love to come on. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Obviously, I can log log in and see the numbers and see that people are listening. But when people tell you that they've listened, yeah, it makes my day. So thank you so so much. Oh, you're so welcome. And I hope you found them supportive over the last few years. I did actually. I, I, as I said, I started to listen when I had my first baby, Alex, and that was during COVID time. Mm. And it was just lovely to hear the stories that it's kind of like, okay, well, there's other people in the exact same boat as you, or doing the exact same thing, or going through the same things, or whatever, to have the same worries, the same whatever it is. Um, so it was, it was lovely. It was very comforting and very reassuring, really. I feel like COVID, it was a bit of therapy for everybody, me included, mm. because of course I was also at home with a tiny little baba and mm. yeah it was um it was such a way for just women to connect yeah definitely and learn and just kind of get that feeling of reassurance or whatever it was no it was so good how were your early days of motherhood um kind of mad I think my I remember I remember when I was pregnant with Alex I was so nervous of the labor and the the birth basically that I through my pregnancy I just 
purely focused on labor and how I was going to get through it and what I was going to do. And I never actually even thought about the fourth trimester for the want of a better word. It never even entered my head. I just, when I say, I, I mean, I was so nervous of the labor. I literally focused on the labor the whole time. I was so nervous of the labor. I was so anxious. I was, I just completely got myself wound up over it that I never actually thought about life when I had him or the fourth trimester or whatever it was. So common. Um, yeah it just it yeah unbelievable and I think I suppose your first baby and any baby is a shock to the system and it's such a change and I don't think anyone can prepare you for it but I was like oh my god like I just I think I was so used to you know putting on my runners and going out for a walk or nipping in to see my friends or whatever it was it's like whoa you can't just do that at the click of your fingers now it's like you've so much to organize to get to that point um, so yeah, I think the first after I had Alex, it was a big, a big shock to the system. But but when you don't belong, getting used to, it, I think you're just thrown in the deep end, and it's just a case of you just have to get on with it and survive it. But I think by the time the twins came out, I kind of knew. I you know I knew what I was in for as such. And um, that's so what I, I was, was going to say because like if it was such a shock to the system, it wasn't long before you were wanting to add more shocks. I know, I know. <laughs> so we yeah, I think when I. When I had Alex, I think I was like, oh, my God, I want another baby, basically. I just, you know, we just kind of, yeah, just loved motherhood, loved having Alex and definitely loved the idea of having another sibling for him kind of close in age and I suppose my I have a brother and a sister there's three of us and we're exactly two years between each of us so it was kind of not I mean in my head if, if I was lucky enough to have a sibling for him close in age that was definitely on the agenda or on the plan so Colin my partner is an only child so he kind of has been used to like a very quiet household a very whatever and whereas I definitely was used to having Sandra and Andrew around and it definitely I think was both of our plans yes we definitely want maybe more than one baby if we're lucky enough to have one more uh, sorry or another baby or whatever and and yeah to kind of see how it goes and then I think after I with Alex I actually so I had Alex in at the end of May and then then in September I had been um kind of unwell I suppose since actually during at the end of my pregnancy and after I had Alex and I thought it was just pregnancy symptoms and um, so it was without getting into like the gory details of it but it was kind of let's say my bowels and whatever else and I had a lot of um back passage bleeding so I don't know if that's a bit to you might share but anyway no it's important um, yeah. And I, so I had it from, I was about 22 weeks pregnant. Um, mm. And I remember the first time that I had it and I was like, oh my God, I was with my mom at the time and I told her and she was like, is it definitely, you know, whatever. And mm. I was like, no, it's definitely. Mm. So I went to the doctor straight away about it. And um, they were like, oh, you know, it's a pregnancy thing. It's um, possibly piles or hemorrhoids or whatever. But anyway, it is. And I was like, okay, that's, that's kind of crap, but that's mm. normal. And a lot of women get them and blah, blah, blah. And then after I had Alex, I had them, I still had it continuously, the, mm. say the back class breathing for the whole of the pregnancy, the whole last trimester and the uh, about 14 weeks postpartum. And I was like, oh my God, this is not normal. Like yeah. there's something more. It's 14 weeks now. The whole postpartum thing, you know, you don't mind maybe the first six weeks, maybe. I, but I was like, oh Jesus, there's something worse here. Um, and I went to my doctor again and anyway, the, it was a girl who was actually on. She was like, no, that's completely not normal. I need to get you to go to hospital and I need to get you to whatever. And that was actually a Friday. And I came home and I was like, I'm not going to hospital. Like I have a 14 week old baby at home. And 
anyway, whatever. So then on the Sunday, I actually kind of had gotten really bad and I went to hospital and they took me in. And in my family, we have quite a strong um, history, family history of bowel cancer and Crohn's disease and loads of like awful kind of bowel things for the want of a better word. Um, So they took me very seriously, especially the fact that I had been passing blood for so long and it was um definitely not really a postpartum thing anymore because I was quite a few weeks gone by it um so they took me quite seriously especially because of my family history and anyway long story short I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis um so that was in the September and then actually in the October I was pregnant again so it was kind of like a bit of a manic going from to have an Alex to kind of being a little bit sick or whatever then getting diagnosed and then next day I was pregnant again and but it was great like it was we were so excited and whatever else um but it's, and I was a lot for you to like whatever about the outcome I'm sure there was real concern you know yeah. given your family history given how small your baby is and you you know I think having a baby is the first time for me certainly that I I felt like me staying alive and well is like really important right now you know I can't nothing can happen to me because if something happens to me what about them that's that is so true because I remember like before I had Alex it's like oh YOLO you know life is for living jump jump out of the plane jump off the cliff you know and I did those things and then now since I've had Alex since I've had kids I'm like oh my god I would never do that you know the way like for fear how reckless of me how reckless yeah 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 and it was like that with hospital and that was why I didn't want to go in on the Friday I was like I cannot leave like I had never left him you know ever up until that point and I was like I can't leave my baby to go into hospital and you know whatever and then anyway on on the Sunday I was kind of forced into it but um it was yeah it's just mad that first leaving your baby you're like oh god this is awful I'm Um, sure as well like there's a thing that comes up about us when we're pregnant and postpartum where like our body doesn't feel like our own you know like all of these symptoms are taking over whether it is kind of swelling or nausea you know or piles or yeah but it's like your your body in terms of the 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 amount of like investigation that has to go on and kind of you have to like leave a bit of shame and pride behind when you're like hey doctor come look at this (laughs) definitely yeah yeah it's so true because I think like before I had Alex oh my god I was so um you know like oh my god don't look at me there don't do that don't do this and then I think after I had him I'm like oh you know what somebody's uh, seen it before so you kind of lose that like but I'm sure it is still kind of like what is happening to me why am I bleeding like this yeah yeah and what's happening to my body yeah and you know what when it's something for me anyway when it started when I was say 22 weeks pregnant um, it started off slow then it got worse and worse and worse but you kind of become like normalized to it or something and I was like oh it's not that bad and it's only well especially now if you're told it's a pregnancy thing you just accept yeah. well this is just a thing that's happening and there's a finite date like it'll finish yes yeah and I was like because I expected to, it to finish the minute I had him and maybe maximum six weeks afterwards I was like oh my god why is this still happening like this is so wrong you know on so many levels um and I, I look back now and I'm like oh my god it was so wrong like what was actually what my body what was happening it was just so wrong so yeah I was I was so lucky that my doctor did then take me very serious and and then in the hospital they really did they they were amazing to be fair is it something um, that pregnancy um escalated or do you think it would have happened to you yeah. in, at that time in your life anyway? 
I think possibly would have happened to me anyway. So basically ulcerative colitis, it's like an autoimmune disease. It's kind of like Crohn's for the want of a better word. Sometimes an easier way of descri- describing it is like, it's kind of like Crohn's um, where it basically affects your bowels and, and digestive system and whatever else. Um, and for me, I, I definitely went into a flare, as they say, when I was pregnant with Alex. And it was funny when I went into, uh, I'm on medication, obviously, for it since I got my diagnosis and I will be for the rest of my life kind of thing. But when I was pregnant with the twins, I actually went completely into remission um, and I was actually never better. So it's kind of weird. I don't know if pregnancy accelerates it or can not help it for the want of a better word. But, you know, the way I do that. So, yeah, between the between the two things it was yeah a bit manic but anyway so I'll got I think it's I know a lot of not a lot but I suppose since I was diagnosed you kind of get to chat to people who maybe have been through similar things and their diagnosis took so much longer and things like that so I was lucky in that sense that I got my diagnosis quite quickly um and that it wasn't like I remember going into the hospital and I was like you know then you go to Dr Google which is absolutely the worst thing you can ever do and Dr Google was like you have bowel cancer you have blah, blah, and all these kind of things and, and I've sadly had a lot of relatives with bowel cancer um so actually getting the diagnosis of the ulcerative colitis was a huge relief it was like oh my god it's not cancer at least it's not cancer anyway so yeah for that reason it was yeah it was important but so important to get it to talk about because yeah I think it's one of those cancers because obviously of the position in our body that it is. We yeah. don't talk about it like we do breast cancer. We don't talk no. about it even like we might cervical cancer or another form of like maybe skin cancer or something. You know, yeah. we, we don't if we begin to see symptoms or issues or problems with our bowels, we probably are like that, 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 that whole point of like being too afraid or ashamed or embarrassed to maybe yeah. say something is wrong, to believe something is wrong, to get investigations for something that is wrong. However, I think, you know, there are, you know, at least with Bell Babe in the UK, you know, there are more campaigners coming on board now to yeah. be like, hi, I'm a woman in my, you know, 20s and 30s. And this happens. This yeah, yeah, happens. so true. And actually, I, I'm thinking back now, but my, one of my relatives um, who would be my age, um, it is actually maybe 10 years ago, but she had bowel cancer and her symptom was back passage bleeding. And I yeah. remember my mom saying to myself, Sandra and Andrew, if you ever notice Claude, blah, 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 you know, you make sure to tell me immediately kind of thing. And I and I did obviously when it when it happened, especially during pregnancy. But again, it was just put down to piles or hemorrhoids or whatever it was. And anyway, but thankfully mine wasn't mine wasn't as serious and, and that it was that it was ulcerative colitis, which is obviously a bit of a dose as well, but it's you know the way it's a little mm. bit more manageable and treatable. That was in the September that I had the diagnosis and whatever else. And then in the October, I found out that I was pregnant again so it was like oh god this is quite quickly after having Alex but yet it was we were so excited and and definitely the idea of having siblings kind of close in age was definitely on our agenda but yeah then that was um that was in the October and that was just yeah we just got really excited again um and things like that and I remember then we were I was about maybe seven weeks six and a half seven weeks um and I remember we were getting ready to go for a walk um, with Alex, myself and Colm. And he was, I suppose, I think with men, they always go to like the practical side when you have pregnancy. And it's like, what do we need to buy? What do we need to do? What do we need to blah, blah, blah? And we're like, oh, my God, we're going to need a baby seat. We're going to, you know, this kind of chat was going on. Um, and then, yeah, there's all this kind of chat and whatever else. And then I went to the toilet and I was like, oh, my God, like this doesn't look good. Um 
I had obviously passed blood or whatever. Um, and I did think at the time, oh God, it's very early. You know, the way I had heard about um, implantation bleeding and things like mm-hmm. that, but I, I never had it with Alex and I, I wasn't really familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I was like, oh my God, okay, I'll ring my mom because I think your first thing to do in these situations is ring your mom. And she was like, oh, right. Okay. And she had known that I was pregnant. Um, and she was like, oh God, okay, well, look at, maybe you should just go and get it checked out, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I remember her saying it might be a little miss. And I was like, oh God, no, I don't think that would happen to me, you know, that kind of way. Um, but anyway, I, I went to the, the hospital and actually one of my best friends had had a miscarriage literally the month previous, um, which was awful. And she, I just said I would ring her because I knew she would know. And she's kind of one of these people. She's she's not like a doctor but she's very like uh she'd be able to talk me through it and tell me what happened and whatever um so I rang her and she was like oh god and I think I, I actually think I was asking her to nearly give me a reassurance that yes it is implantation bleeding or yes it is something I, I didn't want it to be what maybe it could have been um and so she yeah we went to Sligo hospital a day and actually it was still during COVID time so this was in the um I was found out as pregnant in October and this is the very end of November so it was again in during lockdown during restrictions or whatever and she was like you're going to go in here you have to go on your own you have to do this that and the other and I went in and um they actually they did a physical examination of me and it was I'm not sure if my cervix is closed or I'm not sure what it was supposed to be like, but anyway, it was looking good for what it was. Um, and they had no major concerns. They kind of thought that it would be, um, it possibly was implantation bleeding or whatever else. Um, so then I, they took my blood tests and they basically said with my pregnancy hormone that they would check the levels of hormone in my blood. And then they would bring me back in on Tuesday and check it again. And if the levels had gone up, obviously it was a good sign. If they'd gone down, it was, it was um, a bad sign. It was a miscarriage. So they took my blood, my bloods and the levels of the pregnancy hormone was quite low for what it should have been at that stage of pregnancy. Um, and I remember going home and taking a pregnancy test that night. I mean, the things you do, but anyway, at that time, and I remember it said, I think it said I was like four or five weeks pregnant, but I knew I was like seven weeks pregnant. So I knew I should have been more pregnant on the test, if you know what I mean. So then I, I rang my other friend then because my other friend had actually bled during her pregnancy and she had a healthy pregnancy um, or, a, you know, a normal pregnancy. And she, I remember describing it to her and she was like, oh, I don't know, mine was different. Mine was like this. And I was like, oh no, mine's like this. And a bit gruesome, but anyway, that's that's what your friends are for, I guess. That's exactly what your um, friends are for. Yeah. And then, but I I knew in my, in my heart and my soul, I knew what it, like what it was. So I... Then on the Tuesday, we went down to Sligo again. Um, and again, it was during COVID time. So Colm like couldn't come in or, you know, anything like that. And they were like, yeah, your your uh, hormone levels have basically like, I think half or gone way, way down anyway. And they were like, yeah, it is a miscarriage. So it was like, oh God. And I think at that time, I, because my friend had gone through it before mm-hmm. in a, like a, in a, weird way it was reassuring or comforting to have her that had gone through the experience um 
and whatever else. And then at that time, I think Meghan Markle then had, you know, spoke about her miscarriage and things like that. And it actually, in a weird way, it can be comforting hearing other people's stories, not because you're happy it happened them or anything. It just to kind of, I don't know, it makes you feel normal or it makes you feel, okay, this happens to other people. It's not just me kind of thing. Um, so yeah, that was kind of a whirlwind couple of months. This podcast is just one way that every mum can support you. Another amazing way is with our free gift bag, packed full of essentials for you and baby, including free samples of water wipes, the number one wipe against nappy rash. To receive yours, just register now on everymum.ie. There's a free gift bag there waiting for every mum. And while, as you said, again, the, the power of women talking about things that happen to our bodies yeah. um, is so reassuring, but it also doesn't take away the, the grief that I'm sure goes on when you when something that you imagine is taken away from you. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And I think for me, even though like I and I it's I'm not belittling it or anything like that, but for me, I was only seven weeks pregnant. It wasn't as if I went on very far, but you still form a connection and you still are that excited. And I remember thinking like when it happened to me, I was like, oh, that's fine. Like it's grand. Don't worry about it. You know, I was like, oh, you know, I'm totally fine about this. And I think I was. And I would have been about 12 weeks on Christmas Day. And I remember when I was pregnant, I was planning on like, oh, I'm going to tell whoever on Christmas Day and what way will I tell them? You know, just silly things like that. And then I think Christmas Day was that day that I really felt the pinch. I was like, oh, my God, like I should have been sharing news this day and I'm not. Um, so, yeah, you do. Even I think even how early your miscarriage was or um, it doesn't make it less um kind of important or sad or whatever the, the feeling is at the time. I suppose you were protecting your emotions in whatever way you could by doing the whole, I'm fine, I'll get through this. It's it's yeah. not a big deal because again you have the focus of a five month old to kind yeah. of you so still true. have to mother on. Yeah, it's so true. And actually I remember on the on the it must have been the Wednesday, I would say, because it was the Tuesday, it was very definite what the answer was. And um, from the hospital on the Wednesday, I was due to do like some makeup um tutorial thing on Instagram. And I went on and I did it and there wasn't a bother me. And I remember people were like, Oh, your skin is glowy, it's lovely. I mean, I wish they'd say it to me now, but anyway. <laughs> but uh, I remember thinking at the time, oh my God, this is just social media. Like you have no idea. I'm literally miscarrying a baby and you know the way and people are commenting on how lovely my skin is or something like that so yeah it just shows you kind of how um what, whatever the word is how false social media is or how whatever that there's so much real life going on that I think you don't see did it so, make you more committed to feeling like no we need like I want I want more we need to go again uh, I yeah I did I I did also I remember my mom said to me like I think you need to give your body yeah just from the pregnancy the the ulcerative colitis then the pregnancy and then the miscarriage it was like my body had gone through a lot in five or six months um and it was like just you know maybe to take not like, like you know the way it's and I remember asking the nurse in the hospital like should I wait and hold off and she was like no you can you can do whatever you want kind of thing um but I I kind of in my head I think I was like I I need time to recover here a little bit um so then I then anyway that July I remember I was going to the Galway races and I my I think I was say 
um, my period wasn't due for like three days or something like that. And I had a test in the house and I was like, oh, I'll just take it anyway, you know, just to see. Um, and then it was a positive test that I was pregnant again. Um, and yeah, it was just, yeah, mental, <laughs> crazy, a, a crazy different... exciting. A different Galway races. <laughs> a different Galway races. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also a very, um, I think when I was pregnant with Alex, I just, I don't know, I didn't even think about things, flew through it, everything was great, everything was fine. And then I think when I got pregnant then, say with the twins, I was like, oh my God, the worry, the feeling, the paranoia of like, is everything okay? Is it, you know, whatever. That definitely kind of wound me up, I think, at the start for a good few weeks. Um, until I got to the first 12 weeks, then the 20 week scan, and then you kind of feel a bit more, I don't know, relaxed into it as such. So it's, yeah. Did you have any signs or symptoms that you're like, okay, maybe this feels different? Yeah, I, so I, I think I was kind of so nervous to get excited about things. And then I, when I took the pregnancy test, I, it told me that I was three weeks pregnant, but I knew that I wasn't even two weeks pregnant. I, I was maybe two or three days off being two weeks. And I remember being so excited that my hormone levels were obviously high, that it registered me that pregnant as such on the test. Um, and then I, then I, then I, of course, I went to Dr. Google and I was like, why am I, why is my test telling me I'm more pregnant than I am? Because I knew my dates. I, I had been tracking them on an, on an app or whatever. And then it said, oh, your HCG levels could be quite high. It could be a sign that there's multiples or whatever. And I was like, oh yeah, whatever. I didn't even think about it. You know, the way, whatever. I was just so relieved that my hormone levels was high. Um, for the time and then I remember around four weeks I took another pregnancy test just to make sure that it was like high I knew I was pregnant but it was to make sure that things were going right and I don't even know if that's actually you can do that or whatever but anyway I did that of course you do these silly things um yeah and then I, I was yeah so relieved and I got I started to get very very sick at five weeks um and with Alex I had more nausea not really sickness but it didn't start with him for maybe six or seven weeks so again, I was like, why am I so sick so early? And it, again, it was like, oh, your pregnancy hormone levels might be very high. It could be a sign that it's multiples, blah, blah, blah. But again, I never actually thought, you know, the way I don't, don't think I ever thought. Um, and then we went to um, a scan. You can pay for an early scan in, in Mullingar and they they uh we were going in there and I just said to Colin before we went in I said what would you do if they told us it was twins and I hadn't I don't think I'd mentioned that about my pregnancy hormone levels being high or anything like that and he was like oh you know like Chris like don't be talking rubbish kind of thing and we went into the the scan and I remember lie down to put the jelly on your belly and all the rest and she was scanning for ages and you know the way she they normally go oh yeah there you go there's there's there he is or there she is or whatever um and she was just scanning for like it probably was only maybe 60 seconds but it felt like 10 minutes to me and I was like oh my god this is so embarrassing I'm not even pregnant like they she's obviously can't find anything I was like just get me out of here quick um and then she, she looked at me and I was like, oh God. And she said, I have news for you. But she was smiling and I knew she was smiling. And I just got, it's twins, isn't it? And she was like, it's twins. And then I was like, oh my God. I, know, I was only like maybe six and a half weeks at that stage. Um, and Colin was like in the background, like 
Like, I think he had gone. passed out. Yeah, at that stage, he was like, "Oh my god!" Is there twins um, in the family? Is there any sort of genetic like, connection? There is, but not really. You know the way, like yeah. we do have, like say, my cousin, my first cousin has twins, or my a few people. Now, my granny did have twins, um, but she miscarried them, so we kind of. I don't know, didn't count, but it does count, I suppose, when you, you know, particularly the non-identical type of twins, that it is actually, you know, a genetic thing as such that it's, that it is your ovaries or whatever. Um, so yeah, it was just like, oh my God, I remember I just couldn't stop laughing because it was just, <laughs> and then the, the lady said, oh, let me just double check that it's not triplets. Oh, and I was like, and Colin was like, oh my God. Plug oh out the God. machine, off the bed, go. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it was just crazy crazy really really mad um and then that evening we or that then we went home and of course I had to tell my mom my sister because yeah. I was like oh my god and I remember on the scan they they give you a little picture of the scan obviously you can't even see what's on the scan but you yeah. know where you, you yeah. feel like you can and they wrote on it fetus one and fetus two and even to this day my mom's like fetus one and fetus two you know like oh my god <laughs> crazy <laughs> but, uh, but yeah it was it was a lovely story I think I kind of felt I really felt the loss of the miscarriage and, and losing that baby at the time that this was just like I don't know a little blessing or a, I don't know like I got it back or I don't know what the word is but yeah I it think, was lovely I think anybody that has had a loss like we carry that baby with us no matter yeah. and it changes our perspective on what it means to have either even to get pregnant again you know yeah. but to hold on to that baby again it completely changes our perspective from one and I'm not, I'm not saying that if you haven't had it that in any way you, you're, you're not grateful of course you are no but true. I think when you know for a fact how precious and how easily it could end yeah oh so true it just makes you feel like okay the shock of twins is softened because it's yeah. like aren't we so lucky there's two yeah yeah and just that feeling I think I think, you know, when you have a baby, you, you do feel, oh, my God, I won the lotto type thing, but you have a healthy baby or just that it looks normal at, at that stage to to what extent. And then then the announcement of twins, it was just like, oh, my God, it was like winning the lotto twice or I don't know what. It, it's hard to kind of describe it. But, yeah, it was it was crazy. Magical, though. Did that feeling continue throughout the pregnancy when I'm sure a pregnancy with two is very yeah. physically different? yeah with one yeah it is yeah you're a lot bigger a lot heavier my god I don't know how my pelvis stayed in place at all but it's um yeah I think like as I said the first couple of months it was I mean every single time I went to the toilet you just look in just to be sure it was okay and you know things like that it's a bit gross even saying on the podcast but you know the way no, you do we, we often talk about that on the podcast yeah. <laughs> I think it's you an do, unwritten uh, rule of pregnancy that every single time you have to wee you're afraid yeah. you've just realized that your baby's yeah. gone yeah I know it's so true and that definitely definitely for the first couple of months and then you know as I think when I reached the 26 week mark and it was like okay well you know if anything were to happen now there's a chance that things might be okay you know the way I know obviously it doesn't but it um and I think at that stage then I just was like please I know I'm in pain I know them so big but like please stay inside for as long as you possibly can and I just kind of kept praying that I would be as pregnant as, as I for as long as I could um and carry them as long as I could because they're you know they're, they're they're always better cooking inside anyway put it that way but 
And I was lucky then that I did. I did get to carry them to the 38 week mark. Um, and actually at 35 weeks, I got COVID um, and I got a pretty bad, you know, pretty bad episode of it or whatever. Um, and I, yeah, so anyway, then I ended up uh, having a section as a result. So, yeah, it was a bit of a whirlwind, but all good. <laughs> That's can have a huge impact on us I think you know and we spoke to Ashling Brennan around that a few weeks not a few weeks ago well it felt like it but in the last season mm-hmm. um she had COVID right at the end she also had it you know previously before you know in the pregnancy mm-hmm. and it we've been carrying this fear and this running away from this thing you know since Alex was you know yeah. being born and for it to kind of finally catch up with you, just five weeks yeah. to go until that birth. And you kind of feel like another knock. Yeah, yeah, it was. I think for me, I so I had got my vaccinations during pregnancy. I, mm. I For the want of a better word, I'd done all you're supposed to do kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and like at that stage of pregnancy, I really wasn't even going out the door because I, I was so big and uncomfortable and I couldn't even walk for that long a distance and whatnot and then um Alex Alex actually picked it up and crash and he I remember on the Monday I, he kind of had a snotty nose and whatever else on the Sunday and um, but I actually hadn't tested him because I never thought do you don't know, think kids just have snotty noses all the time sure, all, thing. all day every day yeah they're, they're just, they've COVID symptoms seven days yeah. a week nearly um, but I then I remember uh, they the crash they rang and they said there has been a positive case of uh, COVID in Alex's room and they just said look I think just test Alex to be sure because of me being so heavily pregnant even if he has no symptoms and in my head I was like oh my god he kind of technically does symptoms mm. so I did I test him that morning and he had COVID and it was such a shock but like we had avoided it up until this point and I was like oh my god but I actually was tested negative and then my mom tested positive on the Tuesday and my auntie tested positive on the Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then on the Wednesday evening, I tested positive as well. Um, and it floored me, like it genuinely did. I, I remember thinking, oh, if I ever got COVID, how would I cope with two weeks isolation? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was no trouble to isolate. Like, well, obviously I had Alex, I had to stay with him anyway, but mm-hmm. it was, oh my God, I couldn't, I just couldn't even move. I was so floored with it. Um, and I got Were you very, afraid very you'd go into labour? Were you afraid you'd um, go into labour? I was, I was, was I afraid I'd go into labour? Yes and no. I think I was, yeah, I was afraid purely from the point of view of like, oh my God, I'm going to have to be in a COVID ward and it's going to be awful. Yeah. Now, as it happens, I actually ended up going into hospital. So I, I got a really bad cough with the COVID and I actually thought I cracked a rib. I had coughed so bad. I had really, really bad rib pain. And I went in just to get um, looked at and whatever else. And actually the COVID ward in the Rotunda um, and in my age at Mullingar Hospital as well was so lovely. And like every mother nearly had COVID at that particular time. There just was like an outburst of it at that time. Um, so for that reason, it from that point of view, it was OK. But I think I, I remember I was supposed to be induced on the... Wednesday or the Tuesday or the Wednesday before my 38 week um date and I was like there's no way I was like I definitely have a cracked rib there's no way I'm going to be able to get through the labor and um, so I rang the doctor and I told him he was like oh look I think it's a section so we I booked in then for the section on the Thursday morning which happened to be their exact 38 week gestation or whatever um yeah and had the section so it was yeah it was lovely it worked Again. out well in the end <laughs> it's like your body is recovering from 38 yeah. weeks of growing two humans yeah 
Still having a toddler at home. Yeah. Getting COVID. Yeah, yeah. To oh, the you I, know to the extent that you've had, and now massive surgery. Yeah, it's so true. And I I don't think you know when you're in it, you don't think of it like mm. that. You're just like you're you're focusing on going forward and surviving each, not even each day, each minute, each hour, each whatever. Um. And then I think actually when I heard that I was, when I, the doctor said, no, I think it's a section is a good idea. I, I got this wave of relief. I was like, oh my God, yeah, this is what I needed. This is what I need because I'll deal with the, the surgery bit afterwards or whatever. I just, the anticipation of it not knowing. And, and I actually, my, I had lined up my auntie to take Alex when we went into hospital because I didn't want to tell my mom or Colin's mom that I was in hospital because I knew they'd just freak out or be worried um so I had my poor auntie on like standby like for weeks waiting all night to get my call and it never came so when I knew I had the date for the section I think she was probably a bit relieved as well yeah she could get um, a good night's sleep not thinking yeah, the phone she, gonna go yeah 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 so true um so no it was it, it worked out well in the end to be fair and then the two girls were born yeah that the two girls were born it was oh my god we had known that we were having girls we had found out quite late actually maybe around 32 or three weeks um at one of those scans and it was I, we were you know they of course you always do this you guess what do you have or is it one and one or whatever and I think I think we probably thought maybe a boy and a girl twin um or maybe two boys but we never really thought it was going to be two girls um so yeah that was like crazy shock but a, but a lovely shock obviously um and then yeah went in and the section it just happened so fast like we we had to be in the hospital I think at 7 30 a.m and at 9 a.m you know that you do all the paperwork and all the bits and bobs kind of thing and then yeah brought down and I think like the, the, the the nurses and the midwives and the doctors and they're all talking to you and reassuring you so much that it just goes so fast and like two minutes later you have your your babies in your arms so yeah it went went really good and thankfully I had a pleasant experience you know the, as far as surgery as far as c-sections go um and recovered quite well as well thank god and life with three crazy <laughs> <laughs> crazy but doable it uh I know I said it earlier in the podcast but I think my first baby was just such a shock to the system everything was new nothing nothing I don't think could have prepared me for it um that when the second and, and third came along I knew what I was in for you know the way you know okay look you're not going to get to sleep you know you can't just walk out the door and run for a walk or do the shopping or whatever it is there's so much more to plan now but uh but no we were lucky um we're lucky that we have two good little girls to be fair and they're they're great they're thriving as well thank god how are they getting on in terms of like so they're they're kind of at that six month plus mark and yeah they're you know they're they're not just little sleepy dotes anymore they're little no. people are you noticing yeah. like big differences between their personalities yeah. and you know what oh. it is that they're on this on this earth to do yeah so much like we've amber is like we kind of thought she was the quiet one and she is kind of quiet but she's feisty you know the way that Isabella's pure relaxed oh she just smiles away doesn't really care about anything kind of thing she's just happy out so but you can see their little personalities developing so much and so quickly and even each day there's just I don't know they change and they grow and they develop so much more every day so yeah it's incredible it's just at the the six months though I really feel have been like a blur they've just gone so 
fast um but I'm like oh my god I wish I could just slow down time a little bit you know the way you kind of I think when I had Alex and I was like oh my god I obviously just have that child that just doesn't sleep like I'm gonna have one of those babies and then you know they do start sleeping or they do do the night or whatever it is and I think with this this time around I'm like there's no need to like I'm kind of like okay yeah yeah, just enjoy exactly just enjoy these little moments because like now I wish Alex would fall asleep on me he never would you know the way and like I'm like with the twins I'm like I need to enjoy this because it's going to be over soon did he how did he feel to like his his uh his castle being invaded by these new two little queens like did he feel like uh ma'am hello I'm still here (laughs) so he he's kind of I suppose he was he was 22 months when they came so he's still at that age where he's like a little bit not fully um tuned in or you know the way he didn't really know what was going on I think at the start he didn't even realize that they were people um so he was quite whatever kind of relaxed to be fair but like if you gave them too much attention and none to him you'd know all about it you know that kind of way so he's he's still at that stage and but he's he's a lovely he's just kind of like again, when they reach that two-year-old mark, you can actually enjoy in the sense of bringing them out or doing little things with them and having me and him time or Colm and Alex time or whatever it is um, just to make him feel feel part of it all. Um, but now he's kind of, you know, gets the dummy and goes to put it in their mouth, but he kind of like leans on them and nearly punches their lung in the meantime. So there's <laughs> there's kind of that love going on, but it's uh, <laughs> too physical sometimes. <laughs> so care- careful is your new favourite word. yeah. <laughs> definitely now I know you spoke you kind of touched on it before in the podcast around how the smoke and mirrors of the Instagram world you know and how we can assume what we see is all that's going on in a day three very tidy humans to look Mm -hmm. after how do you always look so glamorous oh god I again it's just smoke and mirrors it's like I think my well I, I know for sure my Instagram is like a little snapshot of the like 30 seconds of looking half normal during the day and then the rest is just like madness you know that kind of way um I suppose like anybody I don't it's more I think I'm afraid probably to post the real life you know dramatic negative crazy bits and you do tend to kind of just veer towards the safe territory of posting nice pictures and a nice dress and lovely hair and whatever else um so yeah it's yeah I would say that it's I don't look like that every day trust me (laughs) but do you make it a priority to step away and for me it's almost it's not even the the moment of looking good or and having that picture taken it's kind of like it's the hour beforehand of taking me from a yogurt crusted unwashed (laughs) individual to something that I would like people to see you know so do you kind of is it is it important not for Instagram but is it important to you for you that you do step away and you do have you know whatever it is that recharges us yeah Uh, you know and if that is you know I want to feel like the woman I was yes how brilliant is that yeah, it's so true. And I think for me, and I, I definitely probably felt it more after I had Alex, you're, and I can't think of the word, it's like mattress or something like that. It's, yeah, it's like mm. when you're just craving to be the person, maybe, you know, it's it's dealing with this whole new thing of being a mom and still trying to be the person you were before with this kind of added extra, you know, not job, but, you know, thing as such. Um, 
so yeah for me it's do get back to work or doing little bits of work or whatever it is makes me feel normal and good and, and I'm in a position that I can bring my babies to work with me which I obviously work from home or from my mom's house which is kind of working from home and mm. um, so I have that luxury I guess Um, so to be able to do a little bit of that and be obviously a mom to my babies as well it's just yeah it just makes me feel good and I think it kind of it keeps me going you know that kind of way um so important that if we can do it like you say in a way that is flexible and right for right now you know for the stage and the seasons that we're at that we're in I love that I just love that we I I love to hear I'm obsessed with hearing I was obsessed with birth stories I kind of still am but now (laughs) if (laughs) if I ever sit down with with a woman who I've just met I'm kind of like so how do you make it work what's how how do you how do you find the time to just make it all work? Yeah. Yeah. Give me so a pie true. chart. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know what you're doing. Yeah. No, it's it's so true though. And for me, it's like work and I I love my work and it makes me feel good. And it's mm. you know the way. And if I can do a little bit of work and enjoy my babies not just mother them and not just kind of bring them along but if I can actually enjoy them and spend spend that happy time with them as well while doing that then then why not you know and give it a go I mean I it's and I do say this and I've said it before on my Instagram whatever else it's easy for me to say this it's completely different if you are a nurse doing night shifts or you're a teacher or a guard or a hairdresser on your feet or there whatever it is it's completely different um, and I don't think you can probably compare any two people and um, as I said I do have the luxury that I can work from home and that I can be a little bit more flexible with my hours and um, so yeah for that reason when I can do it I, I will do it as such you said there the word enjoy them yeah I really feel like you do yeah <laughs> you just yeah enjoy them it's so true. And I think like, I, I have a little bit of a, I think, a guilty feeling that when I had Alex, I, you know, you're like, oh, my God, is he ever going to sleep through the night? Is he ever going to whatever? And now when I get up to the twins during the night and don't get me wrong, my God, some nights you're like, Jesus, he's ever going to go to sleep. But it, like if I went into Alex now and tried to cuddle him in the middle of the night, he wouldn't have a bit of me or he'd be awake. And now I'm like I need to go in and I need to enjoy those like precious cuddles with the girls and then put them out to sleep because they won't in another year's time they will not cuddle me in the middle of the night or they'll you know whatever whatever the thing is and like you can be exhausted and sometimes you're just of course like burnt out as such but yeah to try and enjoy enjoy them as much as possible and that is the bittersweetness I think of the second and in your case the second third In one way, it's so helpful because, you know, okay, every bad day ends. Yes. But but the sadness is, yeah, but the good, the good moments, the good phases, they also end too. Yeah, so true. And they end so quickly. And and then I I also shared a a poem before, uh, whatever it was, and you actually don't realize that they've ended until maybe like a year later you know that you're like oh my god when when did he stop doing that or when did she you know and actually when I when I first had the twins they they wouldn't sleep anywhere other than my chest of course so I used to have the two of them lying on my chest to sleep and I actually can't remember when we stopped doing that and now they don't fit on my chest you know the way or they don't fit there they definitely won't settle there anyway um so yeah like that every moment it's it's only a moment and, and then it's gone and you never get them back you know the way well 
not really I don't think <laughs> <laughs> what breaks me is like that it's it's the you don't know when the last time was the last yes yeah. and in one of those posts or poems there was a piece about you know the last time you put them down yeah you know like so I'm at a place where like you know my eldest is five at some point in the last year or year and a half I would have put her down and never carried her again yeah like I don't pick her up and carry her and after so many years months and hours and days and nights of being in your arms there came a day where I put her down and I have not picked her up again because she's very very heavy now yeah and I don't know when that moment was and that always stays with me I'm like I'd love to be like a fly on the wall and just tapped myself on the shoulder and said like you've just you've just popped her down and from now on like if she's to be carried which she very rarely is it's only by her dad yeah (laughs) yeah yeah I know it's so true yeah that'll happen for everything you know it someday they won't hold your hand again or sometimes they won't sit on your lap again or some days yeah oh it's just too much (laughs) it's too much goes goes too quick (gasps) it goes far too quickly thank you so much for your gorgeous company this morning I think you should share you should share those kind of more natural parts of you because the natural parts of you are absolutely beautiful as I'm looking at you right now (laughs) if this is your downtime if this is if this is how this looks it's so gorgeous I'm so delighted for you I'm so delighted that you know your diagnosis was something that is manageable I'm sorry that obviously you have to be conscious of it for the rest of your life but um I'm really grateful that you shared that part of your story today because there will be some mm. woman somewhere listening that will take action as a result. Um, yeah, I hope so. And thank you for your, your generosity in talking about your loss because again, as a woman who benefited from other women talking about it, you've done such a service today by sharing your story because others needed to hear it. Oh, well, I hope so. It's, uh, yeah, it's it kind of one of those things, you know, it's not always the easiest thing to share mm-hmm. um, and possibly easier for me because now I have, you know, the way babies since mm-hmm. as such, but uh, it is, it's it's a horrible thing to go through, but it, I, I know that I took comfort in hearing other people's stories and that reassurance that you are normal and that it, it unfortunately happens. Um, yeah it just makes things a little bit more easy hopefully three under two you're a superhero (laughs) oh god (laughs) thank you so much for having me thank you thank you so much for listening and to water wipes the number one baby wipe in ireland for their support their wipes are made with simply two ingredients and nothing else and are plastic free meaning you can do what's best for your baby's skin and the planet. If you enjoyed this conversation, please subscribe, rate or leave a review. Share this episode across social and get in touch with this week's guest at Jennifer Rin on Instagram.